Yes, it's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Howdy, folks. I'm Sleazy B. Martini, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. This is Curtis Armstrong, and you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time. The dangling thumb. And you're listening to Quality Time Broadcast. And they paid me Welcome to Quality Time, everybody. I'm your host, Eric Woodworth. Uh, I'm joined first by the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Ponchas. Hi, Daddy. Hola, como esta? Your dog's sitting today, and he's very chocolatey. So, uh, also, shout outs to Chauncey, my favorite billup. <laughs> yes, he's, he's very sweet when he was a puppy, and now he's a one year old, and he's got big old balls. Yeah, he does. I saw him. They 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 came traipsing through the uh, through the screen. Made Tommy Simbazo look like a fucking baby. Um, anyway, <laughs> Ashley's face is pure. Like she's making this face that says, "Ooh, did I?" Like you're not sure if it's butthole or just outside. Um, it, it's it was a face that it was a bad smell face. Anyway, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining us again on the program. I'm also joined by my blood, my brother, the OG himself, the uh, the the guy who drinks so much Coke he had a stroke, Jeremy Woodworth. Ah, uh, no, it's me. Oh, no. Who are we joined by today? Well, I'm, I'm pretending as if I'm Josh Spiegel all the time. Uh. <laughs> because that, that should be our... our, 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 uh, our our base from our, 98 Rock fans. <laughs> our, our base is your Josh Spiegel now. Yes, and I'm and I'm also doing the news for this podcast as I'm making it up. <laughs> so, so so now you're making up literal fake news. And I'm crazy. No, I, I, it's I'm not really. I I'm. You're not really the news genius, Joshua Spiegel, six-time Murrow Award winner. Yeah, and also people, there's no chance that Justin will ever put me on the radio because I had a clown suit on. So, well, listen, we make we make the decisions. We have to we have to live with them for the rest of our lives. Anyway, um, you know, once you're a murder clown, people just don't like you. You know, Jeremy, Jeremy, when you first dressed up in a murder clown, you never realized the level of discrimination you'd run into and persecution that comes with being a clown. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I forget for something about the, the whole uh, pedophilia thing is bad. Yeah. I was when I was watching Wakanda forever earlier today, I was thinking, gosh, these people only knew what it was like to be Jeremy Woodworth. That's really where I my base comes from. 
I always think on our last weekend of Black History Month, I'd like to say Jeremy's the real persecuted one. Uh. Also, also, let's 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 go to the heart of racism, and that's with uh, the the variant of of Cain because he's like he has like the the master of time and space. So Cain is like all the variants. Oh, you are you? Do you mean Kang uh, the Conqueror? Okay. No. Kang, you, okay, no. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Kane, but I wasn't able to understand it. Anyway, um, I think one one wears like like a like a lion suit and 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 fights Spider Man. So the other one is like the <laughs> part of the new Marvel universe of. Of Loki. So. so you're talking about, I think you're talking about Craven. You're just mentioning things, but, you know, I'm deciphering them. I, I speak fluent Jeremy's, and uh, I appreciate. No. No, 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 you don't. I do. You I do? have to interpret his text messages for you. Oh, there's no interpreting any written word he's ever said. I need the inflection. You're correct on that one. Um, reading a Jeremy Woodworth text message is like trying to decipher Sumerian, and your only background is eighth grade English. Um, it's it's a rough go. Uh, but I'm glad, Jeremy. But you are you did. You sent an ATM song in and then said, hey, can you send... And I did send it to Josh, and he was very flustered in the morning. And you, I think you were a little dejected that it didn't get played. Yeah, and and that was like my second time uh, of uh, Shot Down because I, an ATM graveyard song because I made a, a rape joke. Yeah, you, now Jeremy did send an email to me with said ATM gra- graveyard without rape. He, he made that, it was in the subject line. So before I could forward it over, I had to go and remove the word rape from the subject line and then go into the other one, because you know how it forwards. I had to go and fix that so that it didn't it didn't flag on Hearst's stuff. So I did I did do that. And now, but it's with Stamboni. Stamboni might load it up and Josh might be ecstatic about it. Either way... If it doesn't get played this time, Jeremy, what's your level of disappointment? What will it be? I just want, um, I just want to call up ninety-eight rock every minute on the hour and uh, want the the song "Rate Me" by Nirvana on all the time. So. Now that's a Jeremy Woodworth brand. Have you thought about downloading the app and using the um, the little thing where you can leave audio that goes right to them? Because not a lot of people do that. They've been encouraging folks, and almost everyone gets played that doesn't mention rape. So if you can maybe censor yourself just a smidge, just a smidgen, do you think you could go that route? No, I'll just go full pogo. <laughs> I like it. Here's sound advice. Let's do the exact opposite of that. As a murder clown. That's strong. That's strong. Um, I had a a wonderful show on uh, Friday night with the great Ashley Pontius, who's on our program today, um, down in uh, Stevensville. Don't call it Stevensonville because they're very, they're very uptight about that. Um, we did have a, a couple shows. We, me and Tommy got to perform as Bussy, uh, which went very, mm, chef, I, I thought as good as it could go. We're not at our perfect potential, but we, we worked out a little bit more kinks. I thought it went good overall, but I do have a couple of stories from this show. Um, I had a, <laughs> I had a guy that comes up to me after the show, Ashley. This is after you left, so you didn't get to hear about this fella. 
this fella comes up to me, does our favorite thing in the whole world, gives me a fresh new bit, okay? And puts his arm around me, and he goes, you know, I was at work the other day. My my boss comes over to me, and I said, I've seen this girl's titties. He goes, hey, what kind of titties you like? And I, and I went, um, I, I don't know. He's like, what art? What do you like? Do you like golf ball? you like melon? Do you like watermelon? Or do you like torpedoes? <laughs> so the punchline was, do you like torpedo breasts? That was that was it. That was it. And I was just like, fuck yeah. And then I, I put my arm around. I was like, are you, hey, are you sure I can use that? Are you sure? Like, can I, are you sure I can... I can parade that joke out <laughs> around in public. I mean, because I, I, listen, I don't want you to Carlos Mencia me like <laughs> two years down the road and be like, hey, that's my torpedo tit joke that my boss told me. <laughs> I hate people. I really, I really hate people. You know, I don't think it was at our show the other night. It might have been a couple days before I had a show. And one of my bartenders was like, my life is crazy. Like, you could write so many jokes based on my life. And I was like, can I tell you? And there are people around. I was like, can I tell you? Every time someone like you wants to make their life into my jokes, I fantasize about shooting you. (laughs) And they were like, okay, cool. Do you want to close your tab? And I was like, I do. I would appreciate that. Isn't that funny? Because this is the only profession where that comes mm-hmm. in. There's no other job. Like, nobody ever, like, you never got in heart surgery and be like, hey, you know, I learned this technique from my uncle the other week about how you can actually remove a, a cesarean scar with a fucking pair of pliers. Nobody does this. Why is it that people who are comedians, they're like, I could, I could do this. Eric is absolutely 100% right. Because as soon as he started making his point, I realized just how right Eric is. Because could you imagine being a stripper, giving a guy a lap dance, and while you're giving him the lap dance, he goes, oh, let me tell you about my what my wife did for me. You can use that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to tell you my personal kinks. And if you could work yeah. on you, I would appreciate it. That would be yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> so overall oh i also need to give one other i need to give one other shout out now listener of the show um and uh and fan of ours as well as uh, the die laughing universe and all that miss sharon bailey was at the show on friday okay shout out sharon love you to death but god damn it I made such a good joke that got nothing from her because she was too busy telling her story. Do you ever done that where you like you 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 sprinkle in a little good joke and then you're like, that was a fucking good joke and it deserved better? Okay. Yeah, Eric, you know I'm on this podcast in Laugh Finder, right? <clears throat> yes, yes. <laughs> Listen, but to be fair, Ashley, ninety percent of your jokes they're not the, in the delivery or how you do them; it's in your internet connection. Truly, so. <laughs> You don't it's know which wild coming from you. <laughs> well, hey, let's let hey, if we're going to take a litmus test of all of our internet failures and sound issues, it's my, you. No, it's you. It's 100% no. you. We're polling tomorrow on Laugh Finder. It's I you. guarantee I'm going to fucking crush that poll. <laughs> it's going to be you. I can at least play the game. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's no way you win the technological battle in the technical difficulties battle. That's you've you've bit off more than you could chew here. But anyway, um, no, you did, sir. I, okay, so I uh, <laughs> I do this. Uh, I'm talking to the sweet Sharon Bailey, and she goes, she's like, yeah, I'm here with my dermatologist, and. Uh, um, she brought a date and, uh, yeah, she's with the UPS guy and I goes, what can Brown do in you? Nothing. <laughs> Which is a good, it's a good joke out of, you know, good quick. I know she heard it, got nothing, but you know, it felt, uh, felt good overall. Aww. I'll give you a gold star next time I see you. Thank you. <laughs> that feels good. That feels good. But Ashley, you've been having a bunch of shows lately. I know we had the one on Friday. Any stories from the road? Uh, yeah, let's see. I saw you Friday. Uh, I had Heckler's Ball the night the night before in Arlington. That was super, super fun, as always. Um, I mean, nothing I hadn't really, really told you already other than, like, Jeremy, we had this woman at the show. So the audience is allowed to, like, yell things at us. It's specifically made that way. And... There's a really sweet audience member, but she's like she's definitely dressed like a biker bar bartender. And her insults aren't that good, but she's obviously trying. Excuse me. And then at one point she yells an insult at me and I I called her coyote ugly and I was like emphasis on the ugly and that one did really well. <laughs> so <laughs> got her ass so there there's that i'm planning to quit my job on wednesday oh that's so like a new girls, that's a yeah, new revelation living best life yeah how are you planning on quitting the job you're putting in a standard two week or are you going mm-hmm. take this job and shove it i ain't coming here no more i'm gonna try to give a two weeks notice like an adult mm-hmm. um i have a job interview wednesday morning so as long as that goes well can't wait to to quit the one I'm at. So, that's, listener, wish me good luck. Well, that's exciting. Yes, I hope you do get the new job. Uh, you know what? I hope you get the word before you even put in your two weeks. Or is that is it dependent on your? Oh, I well, have... I'm trying. I'm trying to not. You know, trying to be an adult and not quit without new employment. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm close. I did tell one of my board members today to fuck off, and I'm avoiding my computer right now. So. <laughs> And hey, they're board members, but they're full of life, apparently. Definitely not boring. Uh, No, they're boring. Oh, okay. Fair enough. They're Uh, they're white people in their 60s. Of course they're boring. Oh, well. Hey, listen. White people in their 60s love our movie that we're going over later today. uh, Because it's going to be magnifique good. Uh, Uh, I can't wait. I I guess I could tell a a one quick story. Because we are in the story portion of our our beginning here. Uh, I I went out and um, I'm taking my classes to become... uh, 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 a concealed carry permit holder in the state of Maryland, okay? Now, I went to this class, because you have to do 16 hours of class uh, for this, and uh, there was a guy in my class. I'm sure he's nice, but I didn't notice him at first. I look over, and he's clearly had, like, part of his face removed through, like, cancer, so that he had, I assume cancer, maybe it was a buckshot, I'm not sure, but you can, he basically has a Skeletor half nose like this, so you can just see 
into like a cavity in his face like this and he's got kind of an eye that's a little milky like that like he's gonna give you a uh, a thinner curse at any moment um <laughs> which he should have done to himself because he's definitely 400 pounds so i am looking at this guy and i'm like don't fucking stare at him don't fucking do it i go into the bathroom and uh i send a, a little message um to my my sweet wife Erica Woodworth, and I say I was like, "There's a fucking guy here that looks like Skeletor on diabetes, and he's so frightening to look at." And as soon as I do that, I finish my pee, I flush, I open the door to the single bathroom, and he is five foot away, looking me dead in the eye. <laughs> Outside of the bathroom, and I go, Oh, hey, <laughs> go in, it's all yours. So, uh, that was my um, my fun, my fun times with that yesterday. Um, he didn't put a hex or curse on me that I know of, uh, but just know that if you see a man with half a face, he will be armed wherever he's walking around in Maryland. <laughs> So you're telling me you ran into obese uh, Gary Oldman from Hannibal? Yeah, honestly. Yeah, except give him like a little John Candy body type. Like if it was John Candy meets Gary Oldman from Hannibal, that's that's what he looked like. By, yeah. by, the, by the way, I don't I, I don't understand the the um, cartoon where it adds it's it's supposed to be the the. The, the cartoon says um, you don't understand when the edibles kick in in, in 20 minutes because because every time uh, Skeletor just starts moving, he's just... Because <laughs> he's got ed- edibles. So. Yes, Jeremy loves that uh, video that he's trying to explain an internet video right now. Uh, I don't understand it, but it's still funny to me. So. No, yeah, because every time I've taken too many edibles, I just curl up into a ball and go, I think I'm fucking dying. I think I'm fucking dying right now. That's it. I order cake and I eat it all. <laughs> it's mostly edible. Um, so, Jeremy, I, I hesitate to ask, but how are things going on your front? Uh um well my constant my my therapist uh she has checked out our our podcasts and she understand she can she can hear the way i speak and uh it's like it seems a little better seems a little better but uh i don't know i I think my gauge is probably a little bit better but so wait a minute your therapist is now a listener of our show is what you're saying Yes. Okay. Yeah. This is a plus. Now, do you you see her in person? Is, this is your speech therapist, though. Yes. Okay. And she's listening in. And you do you try to trick her and be like, "Here, listen to episode one fifty seven. I'm all healed." And you're you're playing her pre-stroke era episodes. And I kind of question whether or not there's any difference between the the, the stroke or wasn't. <laughs> you're just as idiot as, as you were <laughs> four year, months ago. Um. <laughs> Mr. Woodworth, Mrs. Woodworth, we want to sit you down. I've listened to some of the speech patterns of Jeremy Woodworth. Um, I've noticed no change from before he had had the incident. He's actually, if anything, just slightly better than before. Um, Anyway, he's healed at this point, um, and he should never talk to people. And also, you should, it it just, it just gauges his uh, education level. 
So yeah. he should have made it to. It's amazing. Amazing. He made it to uh, high school. So. <laughs> they just use. They just use podcasts as like a way to determine what level you're at. They're like, ah, he's still at a quality time, but if we can get him to a laugh finder, Whoa. maybe in a year he'll be at a DLP. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. He's pretty much the same as uh, Sean Penn and I am Sam. So <laughs> Maybe in a year he'll get DP'd. Hell yeah. Um, the... <laughs> I'm excited, though, uh, for this week's movie. Ashley, can you tell our listeners at home about the movie that we watched this week? So, the movie we're watching this week, which a lot of you are going to be surprised, be like, Ashley picked this? And I'll be like, yeah, who the fuck's going to tell me I can't? So, I picked this movie because I heard about it, I want to say on like TikTok or other social media, where people were like, this movie is fucking insane and it's absolutely horror. When you break down what happens in this movie, it should be a horror movie. And now that I've watched it, 100% agree. I knew it had to be on quality time. Well, this week's movie is A Little Piece of Heaven, uh, directed by uh, Mimi Leader, who uh, actually has... Uh, directed a couple of blockbusters. This is director of the movie Deep Impact, <laughs> who directed <laughs> this made-to-VHS a, a film, um, starred Kirk Cameron, uh, Academy Award winner Cloris Leachman, uh, <laughs> Jenny Robertson from uh, Party of Five, as well as uh, a very, very young Jesse Smollett, uh, who, who's in the movie as... Um, uh, Salem, uh, not the cat, but just a regular black kid from the hood. Um, I'm very, <laughs> this movie is a goddamn fever dream, but it was produced by a company called BWE Video. And I'd just like you to play, I just want to play this quick little clip from BWE Video right here. From BWE Video, positively entertaining with no sex, no drugs, and no violence. There you go. Well, uh, do they at least have chips, you fucking twats? Uh, but I think this is really the greatest breakdown of what the insanity that we're about to hear is. Here's a listen. A minute. Give me a minute 30 here of just the trailer for this film. BWE Video, winner of the Christopher Award for Family Entertainment. From the director of ER, The Peacemaker, and Deep Impact, BWE is proud to present A Little Piece of Heaven, the touching story of a young man who attempts to create heaven on earth for his sister and two troubled children. Starring Kirk Cameron from TV's Growing Pains, Academy Award winner Cloris Leachman from The Last Picture Show, and Party of Five's Lacey Chabert. When the adopted parents of Will Loomis, a 17-year-old with a tremendous heart, pass away, he inherits the care of his mentally disabled sister and the responsibility of the family farm. Although Will is determined to make things work, there's too much to be done on the farm, and his sister Violet needs constant attention. Down the road, a close friend who runs the children's home where Will was adopted is forced into early retirement. Well, what's going to happen to all the kids? Most likely, though, he transferred to a place called the Braskin Facility. Pardon my French. The hellhole. When Will learns of the first child's relocation, he decides to act without pursuing the proper channels. 
the disappearance of a second child, one Will rescues from her abusive parents, launches a federal investigation, of which Will soon becomes a suspect. On the farm they call heaven, Will provides a safe and nurturing environment for Violet, Salem, and Princess. However, when the FBI catches up with him, Will's good intentions aren't enough to save him from jail. But perhaps the testimonies of the children can. So, I just to preface this, I like that the words, um, they replace the words kidnapping with... <laughs> Uh, not going through proper channels and rescue. Uh, these are these are things that are just used interchangeably in this movie. Uh, they they try so hard to excuse what happens in this movie and keep him as the good guy. This is one of the most insane movies I've ever watched in my life. It really is something else, and I I I got to be honest with you. I enjoyed it. If you enjoy a VHS level movie uh, for Christian people who have never watched a movie, this is your film. Um, There is so much to go over in this, but I'd like to start out because we get to meet our characters right away. Uh, And first we get to meet Violet, who runs off because they're visiting their dead mother. It is uh, Will, who's played by Kirk Cameron. Um, Violet, who's played by Jenny Robertson and uh, their father, um, who are visiting the gravesite of uh, of their mother. She goes and runs off, and you can hear some of the acting chops of uh, of a sweet Jenny Robertson right here. Uh. I love you, Mama. And I miss you. I can still smell you in your chair. There you go. I I thought the first time I watched that, I could still smell your chair. Because that's what I imagine. Like, every time she gets up... Oh yeah, that's good, Mama. Keep sitting on that. I love when Anna Ferris plays a tard. <laughs> I, I don't know who has a better uh, performance, uh, this this actor actress or um, Bill Ben Stiller as as the retarded. Yeah, uh, Simple Jack. She, this, this is a strong Simple Jack performance where she's a I just want to be loved. I miss mama. Can we go to heaven and visit her? <laughs> that's that's what's happening with her. Um, I try to think like like what is the worst humanly possible Hallmark movie that they could possibly make? It was this. Um, um, it could be this. Could be. So let me also just say, they did a really bad job portraying this role, particularly because there is no way her teeth are that nice for her to be tarted. Yeah, I mean, she's, I, I will say one thing, them titties ain't retarded, because uh, she is, she, listen, she's something else, you know, um, I, listen, she's, she's way too beautiful to be playing a a, re, a a retarded person like Tom Hanks not what we would call genuinely good looking i i accept that a sean penn maybe a little too good looking to be a i am sam you got to have the right kind of look cuba gooding junior gets the fucking oscar you understand cuz he's not too good looking 
Because he uh. had to give fake fake teeth. So. <laughs> so Eric Eric mentioned her boobs. So Eric, are these golf balls? Are oh. these melons? I don't know. I think uh, I think the show The Heat of the Night really said it better than I, I don't ever know could. Why you doing this to me? I ain't done nothing. You had sex with Willa Maston. There's nothing wrong with that. She's eighteen and legal. She's retarded. Anyway, uh. <laughs> <laughs> gotta love in the heat of the night had to drop that one in there um i'm not really sure but no she's a very uh good looking uh, uh special olympian um i respect her tremendously there's no way this is gonna come back and hurt the podcast <laughs> i just said i respected her i respect the fuck out of her uh for playing this role that's you know clearly about how all developmentally challenged people are uh <laughs> who will convince their older brothers to kidnap children for their happiness anyway we you gotta, you gotta give the props to uh Na- naomi grossman who not only does uh retarded better <clears throat> any actress that has done it ever in the uh, American uh, horror show that, American uh, horror story she's also uh, a pinhead so hmm. thank you um, I'm not really 100% sure what you're getting at but um, I like it I think you're talking about American horror story, American is, horror story. is there a, is there an actress who's playing a, I, I don't you know I'm not familiar enough with American horror story I feel yeah, like Huh? Naomi Grossman. She's the pin, one of the pinheads. Okay. So. All right. Also a Ramones fan. So. Okay. Well, then she's fine. What are we talking about then? Um, next, we find out that the local orphanage is closing down. This is the local orphanage that Kirk Cameron's character, Will Loomis, actually went to that's run by Cloris Leachman. Here's a little clip of that. They're closing us the end of the year. Haven't told the children. Yeah, got anything loaded up in the shed. So that's closing down. Things are not looking that good. But uh, just as we get to meet all of their characters, uh, we find out that Violet has maybe discovered something that she doesn't even realize. How come Pawpaw's sleeping in the back of the truck? So she goes and runs off and uh, finds out that Dada is not sleeping out. Uh, Will goes out and finds out Dad is super fucking dead. And now, left alone, all we have is Will and Violet living alone on the ranch pig farm by themselves. Which, can I point out a couple of things? Um, obviously, I don't want us to run long. But first of all, I want to go back and mention that before his dad dies, um, Will's dad wants him to go to college before he becomes a pig farmer. Yeah. Um, so that was brilliant. Also, when they're in the <laughs> truck, um, also when they're in the truck before he dies, I just want to point out, after they left their mother's gravesite, mm-hmm. that the daughter, our special friend, is in the back of the truck because <laughs> yeah. at least if they have a car accident <laughs> she won't be affected yeah she has to ride with the dog in the bed of the truck <laughs> i yeah. did notice that i was just like oh yeah stick her with the dog in the back that's where she belongs um yeah at this point brain damage could only help <laughs> <laughs> it, seemed, it seemed like a very very humane um movie so so um, but- Oh, I'm sorry, Eric. No, no, no. I was just going to set up the next thing. Go for it. 
Okay, I just wanted to point out, which we're all already thinking it, it's so obvious. But again, the logistics and the thought that went into this movie, that a 17-year-old boy would be given custody of his older special needs sister is just chef's kiss great writing. Yes. Yes, they're like, she is special needs. Sir, do you, can you buy cigarettes yet? Okay, still fine. You can go ahead and care for her. You know, there there is there isn't much uh, uh, IMDb trivia of this movie except you look. Oh, this is the director. Uh, she got Emmys for this. She got Emmys for other things that she's worked on, and also mm-hmm. she's worked on script writing from other movies that she's worked yeah. on with this, this like this is the shittiest script that's almost. Like uh, the shittiest uh, Hallmark, Hallmark movie. I got to uh, be honest with you. I've been to parts of West Virginia where this is just like, okay, where's the strange part that's happening? You never abducted a kid and raised him as your own before? Come on. And, and this director went to some some college for, for movie making for like AFI or something. Like, no. How did you ever go to a college? Like, like like you know, this is like the actor's studio. Like this, will the movie, the a little bit of heaven, where you talked about the <laughs> retarded person that freaks out. I'm uh, Can you stack of cards. I'm actually I'm googling where her address is. I'm gonna mail her a copy of The Killer Clown Meets the Candyman, <laughs> so she can learn how to make a fucking movie. <laughs> can you believe that? I just want to go. This really, really makes me proud of any shitty movie you've ever made compared to this movie. It's like, yeah. man, I am really so proud. Even, even, <laughs> even a Bills Above movie, I'm, I'm proud to be this, this piece of shit. Yeah, can you believe that this is starring the president of the Evangelicals? This shit is bananas. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, uh. Right after that, uh, Will has to go pick up her drugs because uh, Violet can't even handle it. Like, he he gives her one chore where she immediately just throws pig shit on herself and goes, ah! and starts freaking out. <laughs> so he's like, I need to get her, I need to get this bitch some drugs so she can calm down. I can't handle this. So he's like every uh, parent that's in over their heads, like, we'll throw drugs at our children. It's the 90s. That's how it works. And uh, he talks other part, to- other, other part of any time you uh, make drugs is to crush it for whatever uh that is true. Oh, they're gonna be they're gonna be out for a week. Yes, yes. So he goes to go pick up her sedatives, but the uh, we get to learn some uh, interesting news from the pharmacist there because she's the local gossip. She knows all the things. Like people come pick up their scripts, she knows what's going on, and we get to hear about a new kid that's coming into town. Closing down Hamlin House, and they're forcing Edwina to retire. Those bureaucrats are still sending kids to her. They've got a. Juvenile delinquent from Chicago coming in tomorrow. At least I think oh. she said tomorrow. Yep. Poor boy has got no father. The mother is in jail on that crack business, and he has run away from every shelter that he's been in. Well, if they're closing down the Hamlin... Uh, so he's... His, his mother is in that crack business. You know, the business of crack. <laughs> is there anybody that the script could have made it a little bit more? He's like... The colored, the yeah. Colored <laughs> I don't like to tell you what color they are, but uh, <laughs> her mom's in the crack business. 
Um, which is which will be very very funny when you find out that uh, Will is still very in the dark about about this. So uh, shortly after that, uh, a little girl comes in, played by uh, Lacey uh, Cathbert, uh, who's playing uh, Hazel. Um, she comes in, and her mom is something else. I changed my mind. Please, 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 let me have it. I want it. It's mine, please. Then he, she slaps her. Now you got something to cry about. <laughs> so, slaps this little girl in public who's crying and rips up her calendar. He's like, I don't care about these first place trophies that you kids have. And then fucking just slaps the shit out of this already crying little girl. It's uh, it's strong. And you know what Kirk Cameron does? He looks over and goes, damn, I don't think that's right. Uh- <laughs> now, we might be before or after. I'm not quite sure, so I apologize. But it's probably around this point when he starts to get this idea. And the idea gets sprouted because um, our special friend is like, why don't we kill ourselves and go be with mommy and daddy in heaven? Yeah. Which was like a banana's (laughs) (laughs) She's like, we need to visit them in heaven. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to bring heaven here and make sure you have a good girlfriend to play with. Um so uh is this scientology because it feels like a cult <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but whenever, this whenever something bad might be happening but better in earth like cover yourself with like a blanket and have your genitals cut off so i mean you know whatever the covenant might Shh, don't tell um, ashley all about our family's secrets um so oh, also <laughs> my favorite my also my favorite is where was when she uh he he figures figures out the the girl has the uh smacks the little girl and he'd be like oh and i just i would just wish that the kirk camera be like eh whatever you know yeah. next. <laughs> i was i was going to say jeremy if eric had watched her get hit eric would be like god i wish i was that kid right now <laughs> god god did that kid just come <laughs> just <laughs> So, uh, shortly after that, though, the thing that really helps him make his decision about abducting children for his mentally challenged sister is this little news story here. And I love that. I don't know why. I thought this news story was so funny right here. Here we go. The statistics are mind boggling. Approximately every 13 seconds in our nation, a child under the age of 18 is beaten sexually molested or otherwise abused by its parents or caretakers. So it would seem then that Haley Owens is not alone. Today, four days after she was nearly beaten to death and abandoned in a trash can, Haley stopped being a baby girl and became a statistic, joining the ranks of thousands just like her. One wonders if it will ever be possible to make laws to teach people to understand enough about themselves and the people they love to make heaven on earth more than just an expression. Perhaps the answer lies in each and every one of us to ask ourselves as individuals, what can I do? <laughs> I, during that clip, 
two children were beaten, molested, and raped by those statistics just while we listened to that. So what is it going to take for us to join hands here, people? What is it going to take? So uh, I think that the newscast, the newscast uh, pointed out one thing. If there's some way that we can lock down these these uh, um, these dumpsters so that they can't find bodies in them, thing think everything will be better. So there you go. That's you know what, Jeremy. <laughs> Finally, you're making some sense. So you know the movie would have been shorter had somebody just been like, "Why don't we get abortions?" <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, this all happens, and now he's like, you know what? It's game time. I need to go abduct a child. And his first victim is going to be sweet, uh, uh, a kid, the kid who's coming in from Chicago. He's never seen him, so he grinds up a bunch of uh, the sedatives, puts him in a nice brownie, and puts a little thing that says, shh, don't tell. Um, because that's always, you know, I always, when I go home and I see a, a, a a, a, a shitty piece of tinfoil wrapped thing that says don't tell I'm like ooh I hope I can eat this um, <laughs> can, can, I, can I just say um, guys you know, what I, uh, you know what I really wanted in this movie that would have just made it perfect I would have loved that as he's putting the drugs into this brownie he would have stopped looked up to the sky and been like what would Jesus do and then keeps drugging the brownie. Uh. <laughs> what would Jesus do? He would make Pulp Fiction, I think, uh, and help fund it. Um, this, this is that's what he would no, do. No, it's 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 pulpit fiction. <laughs> so. Uh, of course, uh, the kid gets drugged, and uh, he causes a distraction out there with some chickens and cats, and everybody from the orphanage is like, we got to go outside, see what all the commotion is. And as he comes in, we see uh, that he finds uh, our sweet sleeping child. You're black. <sighs> And I kind of made a different cut of this, so I just want to play it back because I don't like the music there. So I maybe dropped some some other kind of music behind it. Here we go. I mean, that's okay, but, but I can't take you. I mean, I was going to tell everyone that you were a long-lost cousin or something. And Edwina said that you're going to be transferred to some terrible place. And I promised Violet. I said honor bright. It's fine that you're black. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's fine that you're black. I'll take. I'll take the black one. I guess. Um, pretty, so- pretty sure that when uh, chickens are loose at the. Uh- at the home, the only the white kids are coming out to see if the chickens needed help. You think that's... I guess. I don't... Oh, yeah, because black, black people don't investigate sounds. It's only a white people thing in a horror movie. One black kid in there was in bed in the, in the, in the home also. <laughs> that is true. Okay. <laughs> I, see where, I see where you went with that. I do love, um, just as like a woman... Uh, I have to say I was very touched by like the gaslighting scene um, just of like him like gaslighting this boy into thinking he's dead 
Um, big uh, fan, huge. I'm, I'm coming up because Salem wakes up. I have the clip of that oh, coming, coming up next. Um, yeah, yeah. So the next morning, he brings him there, and uh, I do have Salem, uh, who's played by the by the very honest actor Jesse Smollier. And uh, here's a little bit of that of him waking up. Where are my shoes? Your shoes? What's wrong with you, man? You retarded? <clears throat> no, he's my brother, and I'm developmentally disabled. <laughs> That's a retard. <gasps> Let me put it to you this way. Wait a minute. No one ever speaks to Violet disrespectfully. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'll just take coffee to go and my shoes, and I'm out of here. You can mail me my card. Uh, uh, the thing is, you can't actually leave. Is that so? Yeah. Well, who's gonna stop me? Big white boy and his local little sister? I'm older. You can't go because I lied. You see, I didn't arrange for you to come here, and they wanted me to wait to tell you this. The place that you went to last night had a fire. And you didn't know the layout of the building so well. And you died. <clears throat> you're dead. And now you're in heaven. There you go. There's the whole premise. I like how he goes, huh, touche. <laughs> <laughs> so back to our trans kid. Um, we are... <laughs> He's transitioned into the afterlife, which who God, what a fucking bummer. Imagine that you're like you you had an imagination of what heaven is. And it's just a pig farm with Kirk Cameron and a lady who's pretending to be fucking retarded. <laughs> I mean, <what> a, <laughs> you're like, I, I picked the right religion. I did it. I fucking did it. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> We're raising swine. <laughs> Isn't that Judaism? <laughs> oh, we don't need them. We don't need them. We just raised you know, them. But that's, that's the point. <laughs> that's Jewish hell. you got to raise pigs, but you can't eat them. So, uh, so uh, but life isn't all uh, butterflies and rainbows with uh, Sweet Salem. He doesn't necessarily like uh, like Violet's cooking because Violet apparently does the cooking every night. So she makes Jello and meatloaf. And uh, here is the uh, here's uh, Juicy Smollier's uh, take on the food. Well, thank you so much for making this dinner, Vi. It looks great. Better not be real. No, it's medium. Violet always cooks our meatloaf medium. Good. So I can't be eating nothing that's bleeding on my plate. You need no jiggly stuff neither. Well, then just eat what you want. You ain't got nothing here I want. Well, you know, a lot of people would be thanking their lucky stars for a meal like this. Well, I ain't a lot of people. And the way I see it, my lucky stars must have hit the ground for me to end up in a place like this with you two eating food that looks like it comes from a cafeteria. Damn! Just shits on it. Violet gets up, runs out of the room, like, you know name my cooking! Like, <laughs> it's so, oh, goddamn cringy. I love it. This is almost a, a, as upset as uh, Ice Cube when he didn't have any milk for his uh, Captain Crunch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I do love that like 
he's upset to eat her food just because of like what it is like jello and meatloaf or whatever but at no point is he upset because of the fact that she probably doesn't wash her hands yeah yeah you know the the thing i think the thing about you know with a special needs person cooking is you know some you could go to a restaurant and you have to think about in the back of your head maybe this person maybe this wasn't cleaned properly maybe it wasn't you have to push those things to the back of your mind when violet most likely actually squeezed pussy juice table side into this stuff you know what i mean which means like you know you know really where it's coming from that's where the farm to table part really comes in there uh <laughs> it's it's a rarity uh, when I say something that shocks both Ashley and Jeremy. <laughs> um, I, I worked I worked in the kitchen, and I had to do the dishes. And, of course, there was a person that was special needs doing the dishes. Okay. Every time I had to Please check the- call them your coworker. <laughs> this, this guy did not do the dishes. What? The dishes weren't, weren't clean. And I said, well, he's not doing the dishes can can we call him out he's like no he he just like i just don't want to clean him and i'm like well don't do the job <laughs> if you can't do the job you're, you're not doing your job and it's like <laughs> and like he practically got, i was like what what good is he and it's like well do you see this see this this rust on the on this this uh, uh muffin thing is is because you're not cleaning it oh, oh. Well, he just hit it hit it with the uh the the uh you know the little the little uh, the spigot. Well, you're not doing. That's garbage. Why do, you, why do you? I remember this guy. Like this guy's obviously just doesn't care. Just doesn't give a shit. I called him out right. I'm like, you know, this is how you have to clean it. This is how you get this the shit out of the fucking pants. Like, well, I'm not gonna do it. I'm like, well, fuck you. Don't fucking do the job then. Like, uh, I don't know. I just want to say real quick, I know how upsetting that is, Jeremy, and it takes a lot of patience, but, like, I believe in you and that you can do it again. I mean, hey, you once had a special needs person <laughs> hiding dirty toilet paper. <laughs> that was me. That was. Indeed, it was me. Indeed, it was me. Um, stop, <laughs> Ashley. Son of a <laughs> bitch. I done messed up my headphones. Oh, oh God. What happened? I thought Eric just called me a bitch, and I was like... <gasps> no, I, I said son of a bitch. I, I have a dangly headphone now. I broke my headphones while I was here. I was in front of you, and I thought you were like, bitch, and I'm like, I didn't make it up. <laughs> yeah, look at this. Do you see this right now? This is what I got going on. Um, I've been having trouble with this. I was like, why isn't it sticking? And then I just heard snap. I was like, damn it, no! (laughs) I broke my headphones mid-thing, so I'm only listening in one ear now. Um, Duct tape? um, Jeremy, I'm rich. I'll just buy a new pair. So anyway, (laughs) we... I'm not what we call a poor anymore. Um, so this- <laughs> wow, Jeremy. Uh, you know what? Let's tell him about our podcast. Um, two pours. Two pours, one cup. Uh, I'll be the cup. And this is... <laughs> 
Welcome to quality time. So Violet is very upset about the whole situation about her cooking. Uh, Sweet Will comes in to try to ease her pain, uh, but she just says uh, this right here. Uh, She's very upset about uh, the new kid that he abducted to bring to her. Um, And she's very, she says everything. She's like, it's not that he's black. It's because... (laughs) I want a girl to play with. Violet, think about it. Where am I going to get a girl? You said I wouldn't be lonely anymore. You said Christmas wouldn't be so bad. You said honor bright. If you don't get me a girl, I won't play heaven with you anymore. Really won't. So now... Sweet Will is on the on the uh, on the line to go find a girl, but luckily he knows just the girl to go grab. It's the little abused girl from Party of Five. Um, Isn't is the exact same uh, plot, plot of uh, Raising Arizona? It's kind of a little, a little baby. So it is kind of. Um, I was just gonna say that I, I'm kind of tempted to make a meme for us this week of just Will and his sister at the end of the bar, and they're like, "Hey, we saw you at the end of the orphanage, and we really dug your vibe." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an internet clip one right there. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. That one needs to be clipped. Um, so the. Um, they they go on. Uh, she wants a girl. Um, he goes to go grab this girl in the dead of night and t- leaves the dog. Doesn't tell Violet because he's like, I can't tell my retarded sister to watch the house. Instead, I'll tell the dog. He's more responsible. She says, bark, bark louder if somebody tries to leave and then rolls out. And I love his plan is to dress as a creepy angel with light up wings and stand outside of her window which as a father of two small children I fucking no longer conceal and carry. You understand? I'm like, let's go find out what this fucking pervert is doing outside right now. Um, But she immediately comes out and she comes with Kirk Cameron back to the place. Um, Immediately she has a good relationship with Violet she was just like I, I I like this one scene and Ashley correct me if I'm wrong on this but her and Violet are talking in the barn and he's like he, she was just like yeah my daddy and my mommy used to hit me really bad and then Violet's like oh I could give you a hug then <laughs> I, I won't lie. I know Eric obviously is laughing more than me. I think the reason I'm not laughing is because I realize that I have like tarted people tendencies with my affection. <laughs> that I'm like, oh, something seems wrong. Can I hug you? Okay. <laughs> so uh, I would like to say that this is pretty much a prequel to the uh, the others with uh, Nicole Kidman who <gasps> abuses her own children. It's like. Oh, but at nighttime, they look creepy with their eyes because they're uh, shiners all the time. So. I mean, you're not you're not wrong. I could see it, Jeremy. <laughs> so, uh, but while all this is going... Also, we're already dead because our, our children are dead. So, 
So <laughs> while this is all happening, he's abducting children and building a life for two uh, 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 kids and trying to give them a better life. He's also courting a young uh, woman himself uh, and going out and having a, a, a pie with her and things like that. And uh, she's really into him, even though he's a total psychopath. Um, um, also, can I just point out real quick, Eric, that... We may not quite be there yet, but I have to say it. Uh, it is also insane in this movie that those two start talking about, like, being parents someday. I'm like, you are 17. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is happening in this movie? They're like, we could just have a whole horde of children that aren't ours. Yeah. Let's just adopt the all everything off of the street, like every cat that somebody might find, and that you bring them into your home, and then you're the parent of them with Kirk Cameron. Okay, we we get it, Eric. Move on. <laughs> so, uh, but while this is all happening, he's courting a woman. Also, the FBI is involved, working with Cloris Leachman to find this lost uh, soul. Uh, somehow, Violet is able to lie to them by just saying nobody's here and they just go away um but they eventually are forced to flee the uh the heavenly ranch and go on the run uh when kirk cameron finally has to come clean about everything that's been happening thus far this isn't heaven it's cool but you ain't the devil and this ain't hell oh no 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 See, this is, well, it's, it's just normal planet Earth, and no, I'm not the devil. And the truth is, I'm not even an angel. I would love at this movie, at this point in the movie, that it just puts scary music and slow zoom into his face. I'm actually God. <laughs> <laughs> Looks at him dead in the eye. And he's like, nah, man, that's cool. I'm good with it. Like, uh. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm also from Planet Colob. Yes. I also like that the FBI, uh, the FBI's take on it, which is honestly, this is the most honest take in the movie. The he's they, They're at his ranch and trying to find out where he is with these children. And the FBI has it right the way that this agent says it right here. Something must be terribly wrong. Will you get off it, Edwina? He's a sickie. He kidnaps children. We've heard of guys like him. He has friends, he's nice to his neighbors, maybe even has a dog. Then one day they find weird pictures in the basement of bodies buried in the backyard, but they don't find him. Now he's killed himself after he's opened fire on a schoolyard full of children. Chief, you found a silver and black pickup. By the way, this is 91 before Columbine, and he's just like, before he's opened up on a schoolyard of children. You're 100% right. But also remember the stupid ad we had to watch before we got to these movies. And the whole the whole basis of this movie, they were like, hey, you want good media without violence, sex, like all this shit? It's like, no, we'll just talk about it and scare you with it. You just don't see it. Yes, yes. So uh... less, less, less violence and drugs and, and, and sex, but a lot more retardism. And, and, uh... <laughs> yes. Black talk. So. A lot more about abducting children with your mentally challenged sister. So um, I like that this is probably my favorite 
part of the movie. Um, they're in a motel at this point. He's got his girlfriend there, the two children, and and sweet Violet. And uh, he's found a letter that was left behind uh, by his by his actual biological mother. Yes. That. <laughs> That his girlfriend reads out loud to him in the tub. And get ready. Here, let's hear Will's story, backstory, about uh, why he also was an orphan growing up. Here we go. Dear little boy, my name is Evelyn Millicent Kent, and I'm your mama. Your daddy's name is Jared H. Baring. He used to live a few miles from the Hamlin house, which has been my home for as long as I can remember. Jared and me got to be friends, and one night we tried to be grown-ups, but I guess it did not work too good, because I got pregnant, and Jared's folks sent him to a school like the army. Jared said he would marry me and raise you, but his mama and daddy said no, because I'm only 13, and I'm blind. For the first time, I am glad I'm blind. Other girls here have had babies, and they tell me that once they see them, they can't part with them. I never saw you, and of course I never will. I can tell you that having you in my belly, turning and kicking, and even having the hiccups, was the very best feeling I have ever had. Giving you up is a lot harder than being blind. I could keep you because your dad <laughs> fucking fucked me when I was 13 and then said he would take care of me, but instead had to go to a school that's kind of like the army. <laughs> Everything about there, his backstory fucking rules. <laughs> there's so much here. Like, is there anyone in this movie that's not retarded? Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> the whole the whole thing um but again i love i love the wholesome message of this movie that like there is nothing less cruel than having a 13 year old blind girl carry a baby to full term and give it up (laughs) i love i love the, the themes of this movie Oh, awesome. It's just it's just a beautiful story of Kirk Cameron who would go on to abduct children. Um but this is look, he has to give himself up at this point and he comes out, the FBI arrests him and then he has to go to trial. And this <laughs> I love his sentence and this is going to bring us to the end of the movie. Got one more clip here and then we're going to talk about the rest of it. He's at trial. The judge is about to hand down his sentence. And to pay for your crime, you will serve a jail sentence of not less than... Excuse me, Judge, for one bit. I was just wanting to say, see, 
come from a neighborhood where lots of people were breaking the law. And I know some real criminals. This guy, he's kind of weird and goofy. You know what I mean. But he ain't no criminal. Will is, well, he's a proper homeboy. You know what I'm saying, Judge? Yes? <laughs> I think Salem is wrong. Go ahead. I don't think Will is so weird. <laughs> he has a really nice house. Thank you. And Violet? She was my sister there. I liked that. Violet? This is my favorite part, by the way. Now they let Violet, the mentally challenged lady, speak a couple words uh, on behalf of her brother before sentencing. And I love... You realize that both of them said, they're really nice people, truly. This is good. Will is a good kid. But Violet just comes out of left field with this one. Is there anything you'd like to say? Mom, Papa are dead. <laughs> and we cannot visit them. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> okay. But now, listen, somehow, this talk of like, hey, he's, a, he's an all right guy with a nice house. She doesn't really say he's that great. He's like, he's got a pretty nice house. That's pretty much the most <clears throat> thing they said. He's like, I've seen way worse people than him. These are the only two defenses that have been brought forward in, in his I've, sweet defense. I've kept dating guys for very similar reasons. They'll be like, do you like his personality? And I'm like, mm, they're, they're like, is he nice to you? And I'm like, um, but his house is so nice. He, he likes and my birds. parents are going to be dead. <laughs> So I love it, but I love that the judge, the judge with a heart of gold, gives him this horrible. Honestly, the sentence he gives him technically is worse than jail, truly, because this is the sentence that he gets. Here we go. Listen, Joseph Loomis, it is my belief that for you and the children who've come to love you, prison would not serve you well. So as payment for your crime, you will open the doors of your home to those less fortunate than you and serve them as friend, workmate, and teacher for a total of 8,760 hours or 365 days. From this day forward, your home will be known as the Cecil Loomis Home for Children. Oh, and Mr. Loomis, the court will be responsible for locating the young people who will eventually live at the Loomis house, not you. During this period of service, you will be under the supervision of Edwina Rose McEvan. Yes. 
we'll actually be abducting children for you to bring there. So now we have state-sponsored. Is this just an Epstein backstory? I don't understand. How did he get off? It doesn't make make it make sense, Ashley. I. <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that the idea of your punishment is be like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give you even more children now. Um, it's one of the weirdest. I can't. That would be like like me trying to leave quality time. And a judge is like, well, hey, guess what? Not only do you have to stay on quality time, you're now running the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for 365 days. Uh, yeah, that's the big ending. It brings us to an end of A Little Piece of Heaven. Jeremy, your final thoughts on A Little Piece of Heaven. Well, they really do realize that they are dead. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, to, to confront the two children and says, "Look, we 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 say 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 to the judge, this is our house. We can live here now, even though the two creepy uh, um, caretakers are still living with." Them. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Ashley, your final thoughts on the movie? Uh, um, I appreciate that you boys let me do this movie. Um, it resonates a lot because I, too, feel like I found my little piece of heaven with my two retards. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so happy. I I personally love this heartwarming fucking uh, fever dream. If you'd like to watch it yourself, go ahead and check it out on the YouTubes. Take a big puff of DMT and get lost in the rest of it. Ashley, where can people find you at? Uh, you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs or my horror page, Slash and Gash DMV. Uh, you can catch me headlining the Auto Bar March 11th, and you can also catch me um, headlining Full Tilt Brewing April 5th. Hell yeah, a lot of big shows. You can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. This coming weekend, if you are listening this week, you can see me, Ashley, and the rest of Laugh Finder as we take over the Waynesboro Rough Edges Brewery. And you can see me and the sweet Tommy Simbazo in Mount Airy, Maryland. Other dates are coming up. Check out ericcomedy.com. Jeremy, take us out of here. I don't know what love is, but I can steal children. Ha, 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 ha.